We're going to open up the Word together. Father, we just give you thanks this morning. Come and be glorified as we meet around the feast of your, your Word this morning. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. Our heart's desire is to know you more. Peter said and encouraged in his Scripture to, uh, to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. And I pray as we meet together, not only here during the next 30 minutes or so, but uh, throughout the week and in the days to come, and even more as we see the day drawing near, that your Spirit would work out salvation in our lives in a way that um, we move in you, we live in you, we breathe you. You become our necessary food and our drink because man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from you. So come and speak individually and corporately. And thank you for the way that you sing to your church. You sing over her in amazing ways, transforming her, and that means us, into the image of Christ. May you complete that and continue that completion uh, even this morning in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we... um, uh, you know, it's, we're still in January. January went by really fast, though, didn't it? Wow, that's amazing. So I, at the end of the year, I typically like to uh, look at... I have an Apple phone. I'm not selling Apple devices or anything like that, but I have an Apple phone. And it's fun to actually look on iTunes and uh, check out, because Apple will rate like their applications. Their, their uh, applications, they sell lots of different things, lots of free things, all kinds of stuff on there. And it's fun to actually get um, look at what they rate as like their top-rated apps. So uh, this year, one of the top-rated apps was this news program. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to download this. It was free. It didn't cost anything. I like free apps. It's kind of cool, as long as I don't take up too much space on it. And, um, you know, it's so funny to think about this, but years ago, uh, I worked for the Federal Aviation Administration, and I was working with this lady. Uh, uh, we, I worked with her daily, you know, and she was always astounded about how I never knew what was going on in the world. I never really knew. She's like, what do you do? What do you do with your commute, Carrie? In fact, as time progressed, she's like, she'd talk about like current events. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't know. How can you not know what's going on? And she's like, look, at, you, need at le- you need to spend at least five minutes of your commute every day. You need to listen to WBBM radio. Right? You need to turn the radio on. Turn on the, you need to know what's going on in the world. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just usually listening to worship music or other things you know, and stuff. And it's just not that critical. And you know, it's so funny because... You get the, I got this news app, this highly rated news app, and it, it makes me wonder. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but uh, if you do watch the news or you look at the new, like a news app like this, I'm telling you, it was not inspiring. It might be a good app. It actually might be a good app. But typically when you read the news, like when I look at it, it's just like one like terrible story about difficult things and difficult times and sorrow that people are going through. And uh, that's the first point of what I'm talking about today is, hey, we are living in the last days, right? We are living in the last days. You don't need to go too far. You don't need an iPhone application to tell you that. You don't need a news program to tell you that. In fact, um, in the book of Hebrews, it actually states that we've been living in the last days for quite some time. It actually didn't start in 2014, even though many difficult things in 2014 and 2015 have transpired that remind us of texts in the Bible that talk about what the world is going to be like before Jesus comes back, right? So here's... Bullet number one, that we're living in the last days. In the last days, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it says this, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by His Son. So what I'm talking about is, it's not just the bad news programs and the bad news in the world. The fact of the matter is, is that God said that the prophets and even His own proclamation, all the way back to the garden, that the last days started when He spoke 
Jesus into existence. When he spoke him into physical existence and he was born. It says that in these last days, Jesus, in these last days, God the Father has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. I only share that verse to kind of, I mean, one, because it's awesome and our king is awesome. He's worthy to be praised. But it also shows that there's a definition biblically about what the last days are like. And there's some more of them. Here's another one. In the last days, God's spirit will be poured out. Um, we've been singing songs actually about that this morning from the very beginning, uh, even to our uh, worship time. But here's what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Acts 2, 17. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'm saying the Holy Spirit has been active in the world since the very beginning. He hovered over the face of the waters. He was active in creation. He was active in the Old Testament. He worked through the prophets and he worked with the kings and he did other things. But in Jesus... The Holy Spirit now has been promised and He has been poured out at Pentecost in power and comes to live within us. And so here in Acts, it's like, hey, in these last days, God says, I'm going to pour out My Spirit on all people so that people could know Me. And then He says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So this summer, I was having a... uh, it was really nice. You know, I like sleep. Sleep is like my number one hobby. I have another app for sleep, by the way, and it tracks like how much sleep I get in a night. It it's actually shows how poor, actually. I, I really don't get that much sleep, not as much as I should anyway. And that's probably why I'm always bouncing around. But anyway, the, uh, this summer, it was one of those beautiful mornings. It must have been a Saturday or Sunday. It was kind of late in the day. And it was, I, I, in an unusual fashion, I get up for work at 4 o'clock in the morning, and in an unusual fashion, I slept all the way to the sun was actually shining in our bedroom, and I actually woke up laughing. Like, I was, I was having a dream. It was one of those, like, dreams, like when you're in the almost wake part, and I was dreaming. It was a pretty vivid dream. And uh, I woke up laughing, and Reg was still in bed, and she leans over, and she's like, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, I just had the funniest dream. And she's like, really, what was it? I'm like, well, I dreamt that you and Sam were pregnant at the same time. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it was so funny. Well, we found out that Sam was pregnant. Sam is my niece that came to live with me, if you don't know this. She's, uh, Reg, how old is she now? 25, there we go. And uh, she came to live with us when she was 12. Uh, she's pregnant with her second child. She's due on uh, March 5th, actually. And so we were just laughing about that. I'm like, oh, that be, that's so hilarious, you pregnant, with kind of like our daughter being pregnant at the same time, kind of like the father of the bride thing, if you guys ever saw that, Steve Martin. And uh, so, um, so then, you know, some weeks go by, of course, and uh, we're getting ready to go camping, and Reg is like, Carrie, come upstairs here for a minute. And uh, so I go upstairs, and she's like, well, you called it. And I'm like, What? And she's like, look. And I'm like, oh, no. It wasn't like a self-fulfilling prophecy or anything like that. But I'm just saying, when I told my boss at work that Rudge was pregnant, by the way, we're going to have a baby. It's a little girl. And uh, she's, due, she's due one month after Sam. So they're pregnant at the same time. And uh, so uh, we've been laughing about that. If there was a way that I could figure out a name for laughter for her, I can't really call her Isaac, but it would be funny to, to do that. Uh, we were laughing. So my boss, when I told him, he goes, he goes, well, I know, I already know what you're going to have. And I'm like, really, how would you know that? And he's like, well, you're going to have a little girl. 
And I'm like, well, how do you know I'm going to have a little girl? And he goes, because you're going to be 61 years old when you're teaching her how to drive. And I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> and you know the funny thing about this verse right here? If you look at it, it says, your old men will dream dreams. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it was a prophetic dream, but it's kind of funny. And God's got a sense of humor. And for those of you who are thinking like you fit in this older man, it's not my fault if you get called into the bedroom and you're like, look what you did. All right. We've been laughing about that a lot. All right. So God's spirit will be poured out onto all the world and, uh, and, and things will happen. He will connect with people in ways that he's never connected before. All right. Another thing, there will be times of difficulty. This is really is a sad thing. Kind of hits into the news story. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive. You don't have to go very far to see that in the news, eh? Like it's not just about the Super Bowl. I mean, the NFL was just wrapped in the news with abuse cases of people hurting one another. It's just terrible stuff happening. Not to mention all the rest of the news stories that you don't have to go very far if you listen to WBBM or have an app on your phone or anything else to go very far to say, yeah, this sounds just like our, new, our, our common news stuff going on. There's people that are um, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous all the time, without self-control, brutal, yeah, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure than, rather than lovers of God, and having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. In the last days, we're going to have people that are actually living. And by the way, that's actually the appearance of godliness part. means that there's, this, isn't, this, this list is not just people outside of, peop, of folks that say, I'm a Christian. It happens because we deny the power of God in our lives and we live like this sometimes. And that we really shouldn't, but that's a sign of the end times. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 that there's going to be false teachers, there's going to be war, there's going to be famine, earthquakes, persecution of believers, increased lawlessness, and a growing coldness of love for God among his people and apostasy. And apostasy. And uh, before he comes, the, the, the disciples were like, hey, how are we going to know when the end is going to come? And Jesus just lays out this big, long, like terrible list. You know, they were probably hoping it was going to be, what will be tomorrow? You know, no, no, it's going to be some difficult times. Jesus also said that before he comes, people will be eating and drinking and marrying just like in the days of Noah. We're going to be having parties. We're going to have receptions. There's going to be planning, limousines, catering, wedding dresses and all kinds of things. And a whole bunch of people are going to be surprised when like lightning shoots across the sky when Jesus shows up. And uh, we don't have to be surprised about these things because we can be taught by God because the Spirit has been poured out into our lives. And then lastly, Peter said that there's going to be scoffers who are going to scoff at believers. There's no way Jesus is coming back. He really wasn't raised from the dead. Come on now. Do you really believe that? I mean, that's a fairy tale thing. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's not really... Do you really, really, really believe that? I mean, look at science. Science doesn't prove any of that stuff. And look at all the science that we have already that proves, you know, otherwise. And this is not really going to happen, right? And scoffers will come in the last days. And we do have that going on. So turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 8. This is the main passage. I also have it on the handout if you guys have that. You can use that if you'd like. Um, So we are living in the last days. Now, because of that, Paul actually then writes this incredible letter which is so applicable for us and to us 
The first half of the letter, which I'm not covering, talks about a lot of foundational teaching that we need to have. And here he gets to the point where he's like, all right, I'm going to begin to to show you how the foundational teaching is practically lived out. And point number one that he makes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, is we were in darkness as believers, but now we're of the light. We were of darkness, but now we're of the light. And he wants to make sure that, we, that the Holy Spirit wants to know that we understand this. So here it is, Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So then he goes even further and says, So live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. He goes on to say a little bit here, have nothing to do with fruitful deeds of darkness. And part of that isn't just like, People outside, you know, the people outside the doors. Part of this is he's talking to the hearts of, of the people saying, look, you need to understand something. And er, earlier in the, in the letter, he said that um, originally that we were dead in our transgressions and sin. And that death actually, and another way of describing that is we start in darkness. Life doesn't start with breathing. We start in darkness and then eventually we're born into life Spiritually speaking, physically, you know, we're, we actually are, spiritually, we're dead and then we become alive. It's the opposite way. We don't live and breathe and then die physically like we do typically, right? And, and so he says here, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So he wants us to understand that this was a former thing about us, that we were once darkness, but now we are light. This is important for us to understand because we don't always believe it. Peter said that the, that the Word of God will last forever. And, and there's times in our lives when we, you know, moments, minutes in our lives, when it comes down to faith, where, where we will be tempted and you will have to know these truths as a believer. You have to know these truths. Otherwise, you might fall prey to the deception of a lie, believe the lie, and then live out the lie rather than the truth. You understand what I'm talking about? Because you're not, if you're a believer in Christ, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus and His finished work, that He died on the cross for your sin, that He was buried for three days and three nights, He was dead, and on the third day He rose again for our salvation, and you recognize your sin, and you put your faith and trust in Him for the forgiveness of your sin, that all of your sin, past, present, and future, has been washed away. The Bible says we've been justified by that, by that death on the cross and through faith and by the working of God's miraculous grace. And we are no longer darkness, but we are light. And so He's calling to the Holy Spirit in us. We've received the Spirit too, the Spirit of light and truth and the Spirit of Christ and God. And He's calling to that spirit saying, I want you to understand that you're not of darkness any longer. You are of light. So live and walk and move and believe and understand. By the way, this isn't some like um, buy a book sort of a thing and then memorize these three facts about yourself and feel better about yourself. It's a self-help program. This is a Jesus help program where he comes in, invades our lives, takes over. I always call it an alien invasion. It's like, a, I like sci-fi, but it's kind of like, I guess kind of like body snatchers, sort of, or other things. But uh, I've thought of it in different ways. But um, we actually, I worked with this guy who was like, yeah, I believe in aliens. I'm like, well, I believe in aliens, too. In fact, I am an alien. I've been invaded by an alien from another place. He's from above. I was from below. 
But now I am from above. I died. And he has absorbed me into his community. You with me? So, so we could use fiction and truth and blend it together in an evangelistic way. And if there's some truth. By the way, that's one of the reasons why I like stories because everything that's like good stories that captures our attention, I actually believe are just little seeds of the story, the big story that grabs us and, and takes us in. And so, yeah, he is from above and we, are from, uh, and we are from below. And he brings us into him. So look what it says. He said... Um, So the next piece is, we once were darkness, but now we're light. And so the Holy Spirit says, now that you understand this about yourself, I want you to wake up! That's what he says. Look at right there. From the Old Testament. Ephesians 5.14. This is why is it said, we're we're not of darkness, we're of light. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. And Christ is going to shine on you. In fact, what he's saying here is that living the Christian life isn't about memorizing a bunch of rules and regulations. Well, I should love this and hate this or do this and do that. I mean, it was, it was stunning to me uh, the, the, when in the book of Romans it says that I'm to uh, abhor evil and cling to what is good. In Romans chapter 12 it says abhor evil. And so I was... Early on, I was thinking, all right, I've got to make a list of all the things that are evil so I can abhor it. And I was going to make, up my, you know, like make a mental list and then make my mind up like, well, I'm kind of attracted to that, but it's evil, so it's on my evil list, so I'm going to try and abhor it. I abhor you. But in reality, I'm still infatuated with it. You know what I'm talking about? There's like this, I'm, I'm supposed to abhor it, but I love it. And so I got this weird thing happening in my life that's difficult. And what I'm saying is that there came a time when God woke me up to the fact that He is the one who transforms my heart. And before I knew it, I began to abhor what He abhorred. See, He's got this rhythm. He's got a heartbeat. Like it's an anthropomorphism. Like He doesn't really have a heart. I guess Jesus has a heart. He's got a physical body with flesh and bone. But um, uh, the God the Father doesn't. But, he's, but He talks about His heart. And somewhere along the lines, when He takes us from darkness and into light, part of that process is we had like a, what do you call that when your heartbeat like is all messed up? It's like a, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you need a defibrillator to actually get the thing going again. And that's what Jesus does. He's like an electronic defibrillator. He comes down and he's like, you're dead. Bam. And he hits us with his power. And, and the Bible says in Titus that that's regeneration. We've been washed and regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And then what ends up happening is when he does that, he sinks our spiritual heart up with his heart. Now, I'm, not tell- I'm telling you that I don't think my heart is always like in sync with his, like love-dub, love-dub, love-dub. Sometimes I'm a little bit off. But his spirit is at work sinking us with his spirit so that we love the things that he loves and hates the things that he hates. He invests himself in us. He invades our life. And that's why he's saying, like, look at, wake up and rise from the dead. Jesus, the defibrillator, is going to invade your heart control it, and you're going to taste and see what is good. And you'll begin to walk in a manner that is not in accordance with the world, but is in accordance with Christ, who is shining His light in and through you. And I'm telling you, it's amazing, individually and then corporately, you know, as we go out. And you know what it looks like horizontally? It looks like loving one another. In the book of Romans, chapter 13, this is what Paul wrote. 
verses 11 and 12. Romans 13, 11 and 12. And do this considering the present time that we are in the last days. And do this considering the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over and the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light and start taking the world by storm. And I'm telling you, part of that is the real, the real work is prayer. It's communing with Him. It's, it's living and breathing and walking and living in the light which He's made possible through His uh, Spirit. So, you were once of darkness but are now of light. So we should wake up. And then lastly, in Ephesians 5 again, understand what the Lord's will is. His roadmap for living. And he's, he's put a whole bunch of stuff, by the way. I didn't go too far. Get a smartphone, get a Bible app, just put uh, will. You know, search on the word will. What's your will, Lord? And you'll come up with a whole bunch of hits of just black and white. This is my will for you. <laughs> Give thanks to the Lord. Do this, do that. Your sanctification. Ephesians 5:15. Understand the will of the Lord. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God for the Father, God the Father, for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look at this. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is which is really close to, at the beginning of Ephesians 5.8, or at the end of the verse, find out what pleases the Lord. Find out what pleases the Lord. So somewhere in there, the light of Christ shines down on us, and our heart is awakened to the will of God. And there starts a desire to please Him, who is forever lovely. I'm telling you, this is difficult though. Early on, years ago, when I was working for the, uh, for the Federal Aviation Administration, you know, I was like, it's so funny, like I, I would experience God and then, because I wasn't really taught deeply in the Scriptures, and then I would read like the Scripture and then I would experience stuff. And there came a time and I was, man, you're always with me. And there are times when, I'll be honest with you, there are times when I don't want Him to be with me. Because there are times when I am attracted to that which I know I'm supposed to abhor and I want what I'm attracted to, and so I want to try and closet him off. And the fact of the matter is, is you can't. So uh, there was a time when I was, when I was uh, at work early on, and I'm like, Lord, I want to sit around today and do nothing and get paid for it. And he was like, no, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, yes, I am. And he's like, no, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, well, look at all the other federal government workers. That's what they're all doing. How come I don't get to do that? And he's like, you see that big stack of stuff over there that no one's been working on and it just keeps piling up? I want you to get over there, get your hands dirty, and start working on it. And I'm like, no! He's like, yes! I want to sit in the break room and watch TV. You will not sit in the break room and watch TV. You will go over there and fix all that stuff. And so, uh, by the way, it's not a good thing to argue with him. I always lose. And you know what the real sad part is? Is I still continue to do it sometimes. I'm like, no, yes, no. 
By the way, I've never heard the voice of God. Like, I've never heard an audible voice of God. But if you have the Spirit of God, you know what I'm talking about. Like, He does talk with you in ways. He gives you impressions. He speaks primarily through His Word. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance, sometimes at the most inopportune moments. Like, I have given you a way of escape, Carrie. 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13. I don't want the way of escape, Lord. I, I, I worked hard to get to this place. No, you will. And, and so this thing goes on. You know what I'm talking about. So the Holy Spirit does these things. And he's saying that we should not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to be people who are pursuing him. And, and I, I'm going to say, too, that he does. I do delight in the fact that he, he does change us. He does change our hearts. He changes our attitudes. He changes our, what we take pleasure in and what we don't take pleasure in any longer. And so we need to walk in the light. We need to wake up. And if there's areas in your life that you need God to touch in those areas, the, the answer is not to memorize a, a helping list. It's to commune with Christ. Wake up and rise from the dead and let Christ shine in that particular area rather than keeping it in the darkness and He'll take care of the rubbish. He'll take care of it. And in the end, you will love Him more and you will be equipped to love the world more. And you will redeem the days for the, you will redeem the opportunity because the days are evil. So lastly, seek Him. I looked up the definition like in my Webster's Dictionary. I have an old Webster's Dictionary, which is kind of cool because it still has like Christian definitions in it. I really like it. It hasn't been like uh, removed and stuff. And uh, they said in there to, to resort to, to go to, and search of, to look for, to discover. And I'm just saying, yeah, this is the stuff that, this is the stuff that our heart wants to do when it's been awakened to Christ. In the book of Jeremiah, in that passage where he says like, I have a plan for your life. You know, what I'm talking about the plan for your life verse that gets uh, quoted, you know, pray to me and, and I will, I will give you away. Right after that verse, he says this, you will call upon me, you will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. And so there's this, there is this connection where God is seeking after us. So Dan, the Lord is seeking after people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So He's seeking after you. In fact, Jesus Himself said that He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we're like the lost sheep or the lost coin or the lost son. And He comes and seeks us. But He also desires, and it is His will for us, to pursue Him, to seek after Him. And He says that if you seek Me, you will find me if you seek for me with all of your heart. So there's this connection where he enables us to seek for him, but we also still make the choice to get out of the dark room or bring Christ into that room with us. That's part of the seeking, right? So that we can live for him. In Proverbs 8, verse 17, God said, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. We need to be seekers. We need to be people who seek earnestly after Him. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, famous. You're going to see a connection right here in this verse between faith and seeking. I'm going to say that they are distinctly connected, like faith and repentance. Faith and seeking are connected together. You can see it right here. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So we need to be people, like Paul said in Colossians, that set our minds on the things above, not on earthly things, on Christ. 
and, and I say, you know, there was this phrase early on that I came across, you know, um, too heavenly minded to be earthly good. And I'm saying that I don't know if that could really exist. I don't know if that can actually exist. I think that when we are walking in the spirit and living in the light of the community of who he is, we've woken up. We, we are out of the matrix. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not endorsing that film, by the way. But we're out, we've been unplugged and we are now defibrillated and alive and we're walking in Him that we are now setting our minds on things above and in the midst of that, He'll take care of all the rest of the news stories. All we need to know about is how to love the person at Jewel that's in line in front of us. Or the person at the drive-thru. Or the person at the red box. Or the person that you're working with that's next to you. And frequently I find out that the Lord sends the people that are the most irritating to me. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, can't you send me someone easy to love? And he's like, no. And I'm like, please? And no. And, and it's like, all right, well, then I, I, I don't have anything. Good, you're exactly where I want you to be. Because let my light shine in that relationship. And you'll be able to love that person that is unlovable. And by the way, he always is quick to remind you, remind me, you think you're really lovable. You know, I'm like, well, you love me. Yeah, well, I'm the Lord. <laughs> all right, so we're in the last days. You were once darkness, but now you are light. That's what's true about you. Don't be deceived by the devil. From time to time, we can't believe that we are still darkness, and we are not. We need to fight against him with these verses. They become our, our belt of truth and our armor that we put on. Uh, so wake up and understand what the will of the Lord is and diligently pursue him. Let's pray together. What are you seeking in your life right now? What, what is it this morning, this very morning, over the past couple days, maybe the past couple hours, maybe even the past couple minutes, what is it that you want from him? Mm-hmm. What is it that you're seeking after from him? Do you see a connection between the gifts that he gives and the fact that he is the greatest gift? that he gives, that his presence and power in us, yes, he does give things to. The Father of life gives us things. Father, we give you thanks this morning. We want to understand what your will is. We want to find out what pleases you. We want to be filled with the Spirit. We want to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We want to give thanks to you in every situation. We want to be awakened to all that you are. As much as our finite minds and body and spirit can hold so that we can love you more and that love would manifest itself horizontally to our families, to our co-workers, to the church community, to this community at large, to the world, to angelic hosts who really are looking at our lives trying to figure out how salvation works and, it's amazed, and are amazed by it, it says in the scriptures. So come and be glorified and wake us up. Amen.